morning and welcome in. It's Friday here on Follow the Money, and we're still here. Last day of the takeover. Matt Humans and Jonathan Von Tobel. A great show for you. Next three hours are going to be absolutely fantastic. Oh, man. It's going terms to be of big. analysis. Grand finale. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Maybe. I'll be back with you next Friday, though. So, on my guys in the desert. Well, the Friday after. I thought you were off next week. I am. I am. I'll do certain things, but uh, we will be back together on My Guys in the Desert sooner rather than later. Can I just say really quickly? Mm-hmm. So this more, you know, these morning wake-ups have been an interesting journey for me this entire time. But I will say, growing up out here in Las Vegas, I had a job at a casino, very early night shifts, overnights, things like that. Uh-huh. The one thing that I missed, which I have seen plenty of in my mornings here, the super early morning guy or gal who is still on the tail end of their night, teetering in front of the slot machine with the eyes half closed, kind of like wondering what the hell is going on. <laughs> I walked by about three of them today. Yeah, it's such a magical sight, you know? Yeah, I think we've all been there to a certain extent. <laughs> Not to the slot machines. I don't play slot machines, but we've always had those runs. Where oh, we yeah. played the table games all night. And we're, we're still sitting there maybe at uh, 10 in the morning saying, how, how was I here for 12 hours? Right. Anyway. Magical time. It's a magical time. Uh, it was a magical time for Albert Pujols and the Anaheim Angels, but that time has come to an end. I think it's kind of amazing that he made it through. He made it to the last year of that 10-year contract. Yeah, pretty much. Didn't make it through it, but he made it to yeah. it. The Angels yesterday designated Albert Pujols for assignment. That was late Wednesday. After watching another game from the bench, Pujols summoned to do a room, according to one report, with the Angels president, John Carpino, general manager, Perry Manazin, and was informed that his near-decade run with the team was coming to an end Following morning, organization announced that his, he had designated him for assignment last season, as you mentioned, the 10-year, $240 million contract. And look, Pujols clearly wasn't the guy. He was in St. Louis as he was with Anaheim. 11 seasons in St. Louis, 328 on the batting average, OPS of 1037, 445 home runs. 10 seasons with the Angels, 256 batting average, 758 OPS, and 222 home runs. So the contract probably wasn't worth it. And this was the exciting year for the Angels and Angels fans because this was the year he was, this is going to sound cruel, finally off of the books and maybe you have a little bit more financial flexibility, although the Angels haven't wanted to spend. But regardless, kind of an end of an era, and now he's going to be free at some point or he'll be swapped over to uh, join another team. I don't think it was one of the worst his, one of the worst contracts in the history of baseball like some people have indicated. No, Josh Hamilton might be one of those. Josh Hamilton, far worse <laughs> Uh, Thank God those aren't the same team, right? Signed by the Angels, no oh, doubt yeah. about it. Who <laughs> holds the least hit 222 homers over 10 seasons, like you said, hit 256 for the Angels. What, what amazes me is that the Angels have not won a playoff game in the past 10 years. Don't remind me. With Mike Trout and all the talent. And you wonder, how could that happen? All you had to do is watch last night's Angels game. Yeah, we'll get to that because <laughs> that was an absolute nightmare. Classic. And- Angels game last night in Anaheim. It was. It was absolutely. And here's the thing. You're not even winning a playoff game. Making it to the postseason one time. is a 100-win one one win season. I remember it finally because I remember sitting there watching that team and going, this is it. This is the future. Yeah. You got Mike Trout. This team's going to be awesome for years to come. We haven't seen anything like this. Obviously, it was uh, not a very good contract that uh, the Angels signed with Albert Pujols, but I don't think it was one of the worst in baseball history. It's all the money here on v this is Brent Musburger, and here is your VSIN action update. Now, here are the latest lines from my guys in the desert. Phil Mickelson, the surprise leader at the Wells Fargo Championship, carding a 7 under 64 in the first round of the Quail Hollow Club in Charlotte. His odds have shortened to 9 to 1 to win the tournament. 
Preflop favorite John Rahm at 10 to 1, shot a 5 over. He is now at 250 to 1. NBA today, the Utah Jazz laying three at home with Denver. The Jazz are 29 and 4 at home in Salt Lake City, the total 219 and a half. Lakers are a six and a half point dog of the Portland Trailblazers. In the NHL, the Capitals laying a dollar eighty at home against Philadelphia, five over at Capital One Arena. VSIN gives you the tools to increase your sports betting IQ and make the most of every bet, including our 24-7 video coverage, odds and analysis for every game, our daily members only best bets email, and in-depth coverage each week in point spread weekly. Now's the time to sign up for your 10-day free trial, vcin.com slash subscribe. With your action update, I'm Mike Senna. Get the latest vcin odds at vsin.com. And remember, cash and tickets is what it's all about. It's time to follow the money with your hosts, Mitch Moss and Polly Howard. Sign up at the DraftKings Sportsbook now and get a deposit bonus up to $1,000. Simply download the app, sign up using promo code VSIN, and get started with the only top-rated sportsbook that matters, DraftKings. You can bet on it. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, crisis counseling and referral services can be accessed by calling 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Eligibility restrictions apply. to so DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for full terms and conditions. It is Follow the Money here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. B-Team in, Matt Eubens, Jonathan Von Tobel, wrapping up the week. We've been with you since Monday. We've enjoyed the time, too, so always appreciate it. And a good show on tap today, Matt Eubens. We're going to touch on a little bit of the National Hockey League. Beeson's NHL analyst, Andy McNeil, will be with us today. Top of the next hour to discuss everything in terms of the NHL. Down to the final five to two games, depending on the team that you're looking at there. And we're running back with us, top of the next hour. It's actually an NBA and association-packed final hour of the show is Brian Windhorst, ESPN NBA analyst, host of the Hoop Collective podcast, one of my favorite podcasts, by the way. I don't know if you know this. Is going to be with us at 6.34 a.m. Pacific, 9.34 for those of you on the East Coast. Wow, look at that last hour. Aaron Renning and Brian Windhorst. It's great. Grand finale to the show this week for us. Only the best for you. The best when it comes to uh, NBA analyst in the last hour today. We talked about Albert Pujols being uh, cut loose by the Angels after 10 years. Do you think he's got something left? There, there's there been a mention that he could sign with the Chicago White Sox, maybe the Kansas City Royals. An old school guy like Tony La Russa. Yeah, right? What are your favorites? They deserve each other. Um, you no, think the White Sox? I think the White Sox makes a lot of sense, right, from an anecdotal standpoint. like yeah. they, I think they could use his uh, bat, too, given the injuries that they've had to suffer, too, that you know, obviously out of their control. And, right, if you're talking about the price that would, in terms of what you would have to give for him, or pay him, I would say. I think it would be a little bit more of a perfect match for a team like the Chicago White Sox. So that makes a lot of sense. Even though the White Sox do have a productive DH, I, I think that's probably the most likely landing spot for Albert Pujols. But again, mm-hmm. time to move on, JVT. On to well, the next topic. And uh, the Angels did not win a playoff game in Albert Pujols' 10 years. And last night, if you watched the game, you know why. Well, the, the post-Albert Pujols era did not get off to a great start. Uh, the final score, the Tampa Bay Rays get an 8-3 to win over the Anaheim Angels last night. Uh, that, of course, a four-game sweep at the hand of the Rays. So the Angels now in the midst of a pretty bad slide at this point. But the way this went down, as humans mentions, is the story here. And remember, this is a game that moved in terms of in favor of the Angels, right? We're talking about an opener at some spots as low as $1.30, close about $1.45, depending on where you shop for your numbers. And Andrew Heaney was one of our buy-low pitchers, and he performed 
very admirably. Well, this is a perfect example of why you bet the first five if you're betting on a pitcher instead of playing the full game. And yesterday on the show, you said, if I'm going to bet the Angels, I'm going to play the first five, right? Mm -hmm. Heaney was great, man, and he has been great this season. Six and two-thirds, scatters four hits, just walks one guy, strikes out ten, doesn't give up anything, goes those six and two-thirds, 110 pitches. It was like one of the best Heaney performances I think we've seen for him in an Angels uniform as he continues to develop. The fastball was working, Mm -hmm. striking guys out. And then the Angels build up a 3-0 lead. Shohei Otani goes deep. Everything's going really well Mm -hmm. for the Angels. And then... What could go wrong? Well, I think a couple of things can go wrong, like going to uh, Mike Myers, and you go to Mike Myers in the bullpen, and sure enough, the meltdown ensues. Myers comes in, lasts just a third of an inning, gives him four hits, Four earned runs, gets taken deep. That's hard to do. And is charged with the loss. That's a nightmare. And the bullpen goes on to give up all eight earned runs for the Tampa Bay Rays. Angels have nothing offensively going forward, and the score is 8-3. to three. And it was like instantaneous, the meltdown that ensued the second they went to the bullpen. And this is the thing we have talked about with this team. This is the thing we talked about in baseball, by the way. This is why, like, if I bet baseball for the most part, unless it's a total, like, I am out on betting on bullpens. You have no idea what you're going to get. The situations are different every single time, and you get stuff like this with the Angels. I don't know how you'd be comfortable betting a full Angels game, given what you're going to see. Like, we're going to have another by-low pitcher with Griffin Canning today to talk about with Anaheim. Right. Again, first five, if anything, complete meltdown. And we should know, too, this Angels team, right, the bullpen has been a nightmare, score more than three runs, right? That's the other part of it, too, right? Like, this team, you talk about... Otani was great. Mike Trout went 0 for 4, struck out three times. Jared Walsh was 1 for 4, didn't do much after that. And then the back end of the lineup, you only got three hits out of it. Like, that's something that also has to improve. But you have a struggling offense on top of a bullpen like this, and you get swept by the Tampa Bay Rays, and you're on this slide that you're on right now. And with three runs, should have been enough to win that game last night. And that's the thing uh, about the Angels. You get a great start from Andrew Haney. Six and two-thirds innings, four hits, strikes out 10, walks one. 110 pitches, has to leave the game. And then it might, might as well have been Michael Myers from Halloween to come in to, to finish the inning. because <laughs> The one that's in the, 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 the B-roll that we that's play right. every time during the updates, yeah. Put on the mask, go out to the mound, give up a third. Uh, you, you throw a third of an inning, give up four runs. Yep. The bullpen gave up seven runs in an inning. That's pathetic. And that uh, is another example why the Angels are so bad. I got a prop uh, for you. Okay. Will the Angels win a playoff series during Mike Trout's career? You got to say yes. I mean, <laughs> I'm going to make yes the favorite. Yeah. But it's not going to be a big favorite. Right. Like, yeah, you know, just given the contract <laughs> that he signed to, like how long they'll, they'll probably have him, you have to say yes. They just went 10 years without winning a playoff, without winning a playoff game. I mean, look, you have to have faith that because Pujols is off the books. But again, like this team, like, the, look at the way this team is built now. Right, we talked about this. Yeah. Yeah, this lineup looks pretty interesting when it's fully healthy. Again, Otani, you know, excuse me, not Otani. Rendon wasn't in the lineup, but like it's just uh, buy low on Jose Quintana here and there. Let's rely on the young guys in Heaney and Canning, mm-hmm. right? In this, in terms of our rotation, let's just come, try to piece together the bullpen. You know, Chris Rodriguez is a kid who looked like he had some potential and is a little dinged up. Like, there's just they're not investing in the pitching staff, and you're just waiting for them to do it. Garrett Cole, Trevor Bauer has passed them by without like not even sniffing them. It seems like. So I I want to say yes, it should be the favorite, but it's pretty tough to actually have any faith in it at this point right now. But 
This isn't an Angels referendum, right? We don't have to go Did on. Did you bet the Angels' yeah. first five last night? I ended up on them, yeah. Yeah. With uh, Heaney. And it felt great. And I was like, well, yeah. well, maybe I should have actually bitten the bullet and gone full game the way he was pitching, the way that game was going. <laughs> you don't have to pay as much. And then, no. sure enough, that thing melted down. So thank God. Uh, but we have a big day of baseball ahead of us today. It's not just about the Angels, who are going to be in action. Freeway series gets started. They're going to take on the Dodgers. Uh, Griffin Canning, Julio Rios will oppose one another. But. Let's start elsewhere, because I know there are a couple of series and a couple of games that have caught your eye. You're a big late-night West Coast dude. So what about Padres and Giants, Blake Snell, Anthony Disclafani? At this point right now, Padres, $1.45 favorite with a total of seven in the nightcap. This Actually, Disclafani's been pitching pretty yep. well for the Giants, who, who are getting a, a lot of quality starts out of their staff. Uh, Blake Snell just got his first win with the Padres. He is a $1.40 favorite overnight at Circa, a little bit higher at some spots. A uh, total of seven. And the Padres have actually played better on the road than they have at home. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I actually, I think the Giants are a live dog in this spot. And um, if you can grab plus 130 or better, that might be something I'd play tonight. Look at the numbers for uh, Di Scalfani. He was with the Reds previously. Uh, he's been a good pickup for the Giants. And, you know, we keep saying the Giants are doing it with smoke and mirrors. A lot of people think, well, what are, the Giants are going to fade eventually. And they didn't have a very good series in Colorado against the Rockies. Uh, but I think they're good enough to uh, hang around the top of this division for a while. Mm-hmm. And Di Scalfani, who's pitching tonight, is is one reason why. So uh, I would look at the uh, Giants' potential live dogs here around the plus 130 range. Okay, I like it. Yeah, if you look at some of the numbers too, by the way, this funny that you were talking about, the strikeouts are up from at least last year. Again, last year's short sample size, maybe something of arboration, but the home runs, he's not giving up as many because that was a big problem for him. So he's keeping the ball down, which has been absolutely fantastic. Well, he's not pitching in a uh, – he, he's pitching in a pitcher's park now. Yep. When he was starting before in a uh, a hitter's park, obviously, in Cincinnati, so I think that's one difference. Yeah, and his ground ball rate's uh, much higher than it has been in years past. So, all right, you said Giants, I'm in. I can understand I'm it thinking for sure. about it. I'm yeah. thinking about it. I didn't actually say, hey, that's my best bet today is the Giants, but I'm thinking about uh, playing the Giants. But William Hill's got plus 133 overnight. Yeah. I think, uh, you know, I, I look for, instead of playing the worst teams in baseball or the NBA each night, I always look for underdogs that are quality underdogs, mm-hmm. right? Good teams catching a prize or catching points. And, and the Giants fit that profile tonight with Di Scalfani, who. He's got 33 strikeouts, nine walks, which is, uh, it's not going to blow you away, but the guy's got six starts. He's made six quality, uh, four quality starts in those six starts. He's got a whip of 0.94 and an ERA of two flat. Uh, that's a pretty good pitcher you're getting as a plus 130 or so home dog. Yeah, well, one pitcher, <laughs> it's funny, uh, one of our pitchers today in buy low, you're not exactly buying low on because the Yankees are starting to roll. And yeah. uh, this lineup has completely woken up from its early season slump. Patrick Corbin's going to oppose Jamison Tyon here. Yankees right now about a dollar ninety to a two dollar favorite at home over the Washington Nationals. Total nine and a half. Jaded a little bit to the under, depending on again where you shop. Yeah, I had Tyon as a potential buy low guy just because you know you have that difference there. His ERA is a little inflated, one point three eight points higher than his expected fielding independent. Threw in some numbers that I knew you would like, like the WHIP at one point two five, and he's a guy that in his past has been a much better ground ball guy. But this year, ground ball to fly ball ratio of under 0.6. Mm-hmm. Tyon's got a lot of things going for him that will regress to the mean and a lot of other things in his statistical profile that paint the picture of a dude who's good, for, you know, who's due for a pretty good performance. Problem is, his team's the Yankees. 
there's not. It's pretty hard to buy low on the Yankees given the way that they've been playing lately. Yeah, you're not going to get bargains on the Yankees, especially when they're hot like uh, they have been lately. I think Tyon's been pretty good. I, I like to look at. I think you go more into the advanced analytics than I do, but I, I look at strikeout to walk ratio, things like that. Whip. He's got 29 strikeouts and five walks. So you're mm-hmm. going to give your team if if that's your strikeout to walk ratio, you're going to give your team a, a pretty good chance to win pretty much every time. You take the mound. The whip's a little bit high at 1.25, but I like Tyon. Again, I wouldn't even consider betting him here tonight because you're priced out of it with the Yankees. Yeah, and this is what we, we talk about, right? Like with the Dodgers, the prices, you might start to get some discounts just the way they were playing. Mm-hmm. You're not there anymore with the Yankees. This team has completely started to find its footing. And yeah, I know they're only 16 and 15, but the recent stretch here, good series against the Houston Astros, uh, this team has been performing and will continue to perform, I think, as they have kind of found their lineups. In yeah, their- they were 5-10. and 10, Yeah. Right? So they're 11-5 and uh, five over the past 16, even with that loss yesterday to uh, the Astros. Now, one of the powers in the world that has not found their footing is, in fact, uh, on very loose footing and on the edge of a potential play-in situation as we transition it over the association. The Los Angeles Lakers last night got it handed to them. 118-94 to in the loss to the Los Angeles Clippers. Clippers were absolutely fantastic from beyond the arc. Lights out shooting night for Los Angeles. 13-31 to from beyond the arc. 41.9%. Overall, just a 53.2% shooting performance from the floor and a blowout that was never even close. The story, though, here, of course, Matt Humans is the fact that Anthony Davis actually tweaked his back. Oh, slipped not it near Anthony the Davis. I don't believe that. Anthony Davis is injured again? No, he's no, got no, back spasms. No, you got to be kidding me. Right? He is expected to play, though. Okay. Because remember, you got a critical game against the Portland Trailblazers as these two teams duke it out and are right next to each other in the race for, I guess it's the race of the race or the uh, potential to run away from the seventh seed in the play-in situation. Tied right now, 37-29 all. So this is going to be a game which the loser falls into the seventh seed tonight. <laughs> the Lakers are backed against the wall, man. Yep. And AD uh, leaves the game early last night. But he, you said he's expected to play tonight, right, on yep. the back-to-back? I he think maybe maybe he left the game early last night because it was a blowout and it was more important for him to play Friday. But he did have back spasms. Mm-hmm. And that's got to be a concern with a guy like that who's been so fragile physically. Uh, the Lakers are just getting blown out last night. Trailed by nine after the first quarter, down by 23 at halftime, so there's really no reason for him to even play uh, beyond that point. And it's looking more and more like the Lakers could slip to that play-in tournament because they got a tough schedule here down the stretch. And this is a big game tonight against the Blazers. Yeah, Portland overnight was a six-point favorite with a total of 220.5. DraftKings up to seven with a total of 221.5. You got points bet at 6.5. FanDuel popping up on the screen right now at six. You'd expect that to get closer to the market of 6.5 or seven in the next couple of hours, but... This is the one thing, you know, Tim Murray, I was on the nightcap last night and asked me if there was any takeaway from the loss to the Clippers. And my only thought was, well, if you're going to perform this poorly along the perimeter, that's going to be a problem against the Portland Trailblazers team that offensively just operates from that area, right? Above the break three-point shots, the Portland Trailblazers love those attempts. And then last night, 12-24, the Los Angeles Clippers were in non-garbage time in those above the break three-point shots. You're going to get a lot of those tonight. And I wonder if that was just a symptom of, hey, Game got out of hand, or is this perimeter defense going to be a really big problem tonight for the Portland Trailblazers? So I can understand the market being a little high on Portland, but remember, too, this is still the 28th-ranked defense in the league in the Portland Trailblazers, and they went on that four-game run where they were winning games left and right, but Mm -hmm. it's not like they have been playing the best version of basketball throughout this entire season. Had a nice hot streak to get themselves in a good position here, 
but I don't really trust them entirely laying an inflated number like this, you know? Yeah, you said that a couple days ago. They just won three of the final. Actually, they had a really productive road trip. Yep, I forgot. They won four. five. Or five, yeah. Five of six on the road, lost the game to the Hawks, um, put up 141 points against the Cavaliers. So the Blazers have actually been playing really well offensively, uh, but like you said, their weakness is uh, defense. I don't think their defense has actually been that bad. Do you go back to you break it down and say, instead of looking at this defensive rating over the course of the season, I'm going to look at the defensive rating over the past 10 or 15 games because sometimes I feel like that's a more accurate way to handicap the situation. I mean, you could, but that's also, you know me, that's a short sample size and it doesn't right. really give you a good indication. How about the last 20 games? I, a lot of times I feel like the games early in the season don't matter anymore. Well, like if, throw those out. If you want to go the last 19 games, for example, yeah. start of April, they're 19th. Okay. Right, 114.4 points every 100 possessions, what they allow. So still bottom average, you know, below average defensive team to what you've seen from Portland. And when it's like the consistent issues, right, the inability to defend the rim, inability to keep teams from short mid-range, and those continue to pop up, that's why I think you kind of buy into what you've seen from the season. Right, you know? uh, but we'll have more on this again. Brian Windhorst, a big association hour. Brian Windhorst and, of course, Aaron Renning are going to be with us to discuss all of that. we got a lot to get to here. On Follow the Money, plenty of baseball coverage left. Matt Humans, of course, in his wheelhouse as we discuss White Castle. Much hour. White Castle and baby Francesa coming up on the show. <laughs> we'll be back here. Got a question for you. Are you ready? Download the PointsBet app now. Sign up using the promo code BSIN2K. Get two risk-free bets with $2,000. When you bet with PointsBet, you get faster bets, faster withdrawals, faster rewards at your fingertips. Download the PointsBet app to experience this premium sportsbook for yourself. So, are you ready? Terms and conditions apply. Void were prohibited. Got to be 21 or older. If you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER for crisis counseling and referral services. Matt Humans, Jonathan Von Tobel, here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network, filling in for the guys on Follow. The money. What do you got? All right. During the break, JVT yelled at the production crew, where's my earpiece? Where's my earpiece? Yeah. Well, I just got fearful because I feel like this is a different type of earpiece than the one I was using yesterday. And, you know, there were multiple shows here. And, look, our production staff is very busy. Back this after is, this. And this is not this is not a very important task. It was your Mike Francesa type uh, blow-up. Uh, Back after this. Yeah. Actually, be more like, what are we doing here? So yesterday we... Uh, you all want to make it like I did. <laughs> you pay attention. You we, do the little things. We talked about baby Francesa. How much you look like Mike Francesa? Yeah. Okay, with the black glasses, the hair slicked back. Right? Now, this next one, can I just say, because I thought Francesa was a really good one. Like, that freaked me out, actually. We, we actually had a picture of a young Francesa. You guys looked like twins. But now I think what's happening is, and this happens all the time when you two, look, go, when you play the looks like game, mm-hmm. they're just picking people with glasses and brown hair. So uh, we're going to throw this up. 
It's from the Palm Readers. Right. Is it who is it? George Costanza? That's right? George Costanza. Okay. Sorry, I'm not a Seinfeld guy. Jason Alexander. Okay. His real name. Um so this I don't see. I actually really saw the Francesa thing. I just feel like now we're just picking like brunette guys with glasses and they're like, it's JVT. Yeah, that one doesn't work for me either. Uh first of all, he's half bald. Right, right. I got, you got I more hair. You got a full hair. head of hair. Look There's hair. the young Francesa. Let's look, put, pop that up on the. You look. Oh, that looks exactly like you, the young Francesa. I don't know. If you if we you do this, change the, the black glasses the, for the your old wire room, huh? <laughs> the tra- yeah. They did the transition. Look at that. Good. Uh, yeah, the, the the George Costanza doesn't get there for me. No, I don't think so either. We play a dangerous game when you talk about you know glasses, like just guys with glasses. Like that's actually not terrible. He's got really big teeth. I mean, like his teeth are very long. Big, My teeth are not long. Big white teeth. Yeah, almost look fake. Anyway, baby Frances is going to stick. It might be. Yeah. I was told yesterday. Yeah. I was DM'd. You have to develop the baby Francesa personality. But, It'll yeah. go viral. The only thing I want to be associated with Mike Francesa is a paycheck, and I don't know if yeah. I want to be baby Francesa. Will I ever be able to <clears throat> shake the label? That's the thing. I don't think know, so. Grow into my own guy. You're going to be in his shadow now. Right. Uh, Forever. You know, a lot of people also think you look like Brian Windhorst. And he's going to be on the show with us today in uh, hour number three. To well, talk see, that's NBA. Just, see, that's also another dangerous game because then you just see overweight NBA analyst. You're like, that's Brian Windhorst. Like, no, come on. Are you saying uh, he's overweight or you're overweight? Me. Or what? Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, be careful. Some people don't like being called overweight. No, you got pretty snippy when I got back. I, I couldn't care less. <laughs> <laughs> All right, ESPN has many great talents like uh, Brian Windhorst. Wayne Gretzky, how about this? Mm-hmm. Uh, ESPN looking to um, hire Wayne Gretzky to be an analyst on their NHL coverage. Uh, the network has approached Gretzky and pitched to him a broadcasting role on the NHL. I think that's a good idea. ESPN also made a uh, big-time hire yesterday. Kelly Stewart from mm-hmm. Las Vegas got hired to um, be a full-timer on the Daily Wager show on ESPN, hosted by Doug Kazarian. tell you a quick story about Kelly Stewart. A lot of people were questioning her credentials on Twitter. I know that probably shocks you because mm-hmm. Twitter is usually positive. It's a positive forum, right? Adam Hill, uh, when we were doing a late-night radio show in Vegas about 10 years ago, 10 or 11 years ago, Doug Kazarian, Adam Hill, myself, Adam showed me this thing called Twitter. I'd never really heard of it at that point. So I started messing around with Man, it. Man, what he started. And I found, I found Kelly Stewart on Twitter, and she was uh, putting up some pretty good, interesting sports betting content at the time. So I brought her over to the Las Vegas Review-Journal, had her shoot videos with us, write columns, and things took off, and Kelly is a really knowledgeable uh, host or guest when it comes to uh, sports betting shows. Mm-hmm. I've had people ask me, does she know what is she's doing, or is people, are people feeding her information in games? She knows what she's doing. One thing about Kelly that's always impressed me, a lot of guys lose as sports bettors because they play too many favorites. Well, Kelly's been an underdog player from the start. And uh, that's one thing that I've always liked about Kelly. She knows how to uh, sniff out the underdogs in sports handicapping, and she's going to be successful on that daily wager show. I think that was a great hire. Yep. ESPN's building that up. A lot of guys and gals getting added to that thing, ESPN Daily Wager. Mm -hmm. Well, thanks to you. you Kelly's a great addition. You discovered Kelly. You discovered me. You discovered Dave Koken. I mean, there's so many people. (laughs) Dave (laughs) Koken. We'll be back here on Follow the Money. 
All right, now here are the top horse racing plays for today from Express Bet analyst Jeff Siegel, one of the best in the business at Belmont Park Race Two, Belmont Park. Jeff likes number two primetime player at three to one on the morning line, and at Santa Anita in race two, Jeff likes number five at the Spa at two to one odds. You can bet these races and more at First Bet. The best place to start your betting action for horse racing and to get you ready for the Preakness First Bet is giving $20 in free bets for all new users who sign up now through May 15th using the promo code VEGAS20. Also, everyone who redeems this $20 free bet offer will receive full access to VSIN subscription products for free from now through the Belmont Stakes. Go to vsin.com slash horses for details. vsin.com slash horses. Matt Humans, Jonathan Von Tobel filling in here on Follow the Money last day. Guys, we'll be back on Monday. All right, Matt Humans, let's go back to baseball recap what we had yesterday in terms of the pitchers we were analyzing and go from there in terms of buy low and sell high. We talked a little bit about Andrew Heaney. He was actually one of our buy low pitchers um, and was absolutely fantastic yeah. yesterday. And actually, that's two guys now, right? We talk about buy low spots. Sonny Gray the other day, Andrew Heaney yesterday. Uh, and putting together good performances and outperforming some of the numbers they had put up early on. So Heaney yesterday, six and two-thirds, four hits, one walk, ten strikeouts, no earned runs. He left with a three-nothing lead, and the Angels end up with an eight to three loss. So we move from there. The sell high guys. This is pretty interesting, right? One of the sell high guys was actually in this game. It was in the Tampa Bay side. Came in in relief. They did the whole opener thing. Uh, Josh Fleming for the Tampa Bay Rays. Short sample size, but not a great one. Uh, one inning pitch for him. Uh, for Fleming, four hits, five strikeouts, but three earned runs got taken deep by Shohei Otani, which mm. led to, of another, course, another Otani bomb. God, that guy! I love watching that guy's home runs. Everyone seems like a towering, uh, towering drive. Yep, he's absolutely ridiculous. He's got ten home runs now, by the way. So, I think he's gaining steam as an MVP uh, candidate. I think he's gaining ground on Mike Trout. The better he pitches, if he puts up those type of offensive numbers, he's putting up. Uh, Power numbers better than Trout, slightly better than Trout. Obviously, Trout's batting 400 <laughs> right now, so he can't say he's better offensively. But man, uh, what Otani's done here in the first month, five weeks or so, has been uh, pretty incredible. Was it two? I, I brought this up as an example when we were talking about MVPs in, in the NBA. Like when we were talking about Steph Curry, was it 2018 that Trout won it, and they were you know well below 500, whatever year it was. Uh-huh. Like I, I wonder how much the whole record thing is going to, because this is going to be a team that's like 80-ish games. Right, and I wonder how much that's Might going to... Might be lucky to, to win 80. Right, and so I wonder how much that is going to affect Otani and or Mike Trout if they maintain this path, how much that affects their MVP. You know, that's a good question, too. So start to look at the guys on the AL MVP odds list, third, fourth, fifth, mm-hmm. the guys who are listed behind Trout and Otani, because if we get to August and the Angels are, let's say, 15, 20 games under 500, you you're going to start to hear... The media, baseball media, build MVP cases for guys on winning teams, mm-hmm. and that happens every year. And if the Angels are not winning, then you got to start looking for some guys uh, below Trout and Otani who uh, could be MVP and steal it from them. Because no, no matter how good your numbers are, Correct. if your team sucks, uh, a guy on a let's say. I don't know if the Yankees will necessarily have an MVP candidate the way it's looking right now. I mean, John Carlos Stanton's in a pretty yeah, good Yeah, but you know how Stanton, Stanton's hot and cold. Yeah. Before you know it, you'll look back and say, hey, Stanton's in an 0-for-22 slide. <laughs> Hadn't hit a homer in uh, three weeks. When he gets hot, he's pretty impressive. But right now, uh, he's he's obviously in a groove. I So start to look for some other guys maybe that um, could win MVP off winning teams. So 
those two in that game. And we also had two guys oppose one another in another mm-hmm. game. Both were sell-high guys. I wanted to start with John Gant, though, because, again, I think this is a really good example of, look, the result wasn't there that we were discussing that could potentially happen, right? It looked like two sell-high guys going, against, uh, going up against one another, maybe a higher-scoring game. It was a 4-1 final between these two. But John Gant gets away with this again. Look at this stat line. This stat line. Four and a third innings pitched, five hits, six walks. Yeah. And just one earned run for Gant in this game. So, so, so command is an issue. He's given up hits left and right, and yet he is stranding these guys at a really high rate despite allowing them on the base paths, and he gets dinged well, for one you, earned run. Well, still, though, if you bet against him, you won last night Correct. because the Mets beat the Cardinals 4-1. to one. You cannot allow six base runners and four and a third and think you're going to get away with that. Uh, last night, again, the luck factor was in his favor, but, yeah, I agree with you wholeheartedly, John, he, he's a sell-high guy. Yep. And the other two was Taiwan Walker and the anomaly here. Outstanding last night. He was great. Wow. Seven innings pitched, just one hit. The big thing for him, which has been an issue over the last mm-hmm. few years, no walks, right? The command has been a problem for him. Didn't walk a mm-hmm. single guy, struck out eight. So Taiwan Walker was absolutely incredible. And again, Mets got that win over the Cardinals 4-1. to one. So I've got a couple of pitchers for you, all by low. I wanted to start with one that is a potential real by low spot, and that's coming up. For the Pittsburgh Pirates tonight, mm-hmm. Trevor Cahill scheduled to take the mound here for the Pittsburgh Pirates. Big old differential. And I shouldn't say tonight's an early game. Big differential between the ERA and the expected fielding independent. How about this? A 3.97 point difference between his ERA and his expected fielding independent or his XFIP. Right now, ERA on the season, Matt Humans, you're looking at 740 with an XFIP of 343, and you look at some of the numbers, and you know there are some intriguing things here, right? One, an insanely high ground ball to fly ball ratio, 2.4 essentially, really good, inducing a ton of ground balls. But the batting average of balls in play, and this is why I wanted to bring this up, because I actually wanted to have more of a conversation about it than anything else, because the, you know, the BABIP's not that high. 351, league average is about 300, and his left on base, straight, his strand rate is really low, 48.8%. League average should be about 70%. So he's getting a little unlucky, but to me, when I've when I've looked at these numbers, this is more of a symptom, I think, of maybe a poor defense behind him than anything else, right? So can you can you count on this to regress to a certain extent if it's his teammates who are letting him down? Like when you see this insanely high ground ball rate, a batting average on balls in play that actually really isn't that out of whack, and the fact that he can't keep guys on, to me it just seems like he's the victim mm-hmm. of a team behind him that really doesn't play defense very well. I could buy that. Uh, but the best price I see in the market on the on the Pittsburgh Pirates today is here at Circuit plus one thirty. Mm-hmm. Not a lot of value, I think, in backing uh, the Pirates in that spot. But again, he's going up against a, a pitcher who's been a nightmare so far in Zach Davies today. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I could I could buy what you're selling there on uh, Trevor Cahill, or you're saying to buy low mm-hmm. at plus one thirty. Um, but I would also do that in part because Zach Davies has been so bad on the other side. He's made. Six starts for the Cubs and has zero quality starts. He's yeah. got a whip over two. Uh, it's hard to be as bad as Zach Davies has been so far uh, for the Cubs. All right, so we have three other pitchers. Yeah. I mentioned it in passing. We were talking about it at the top of the hour. Griffin Canning for the Angels is going to be one of them. But we'll get more into his numbers. We also have two others. Eduardo Rodriguez, I think, is a pretty intriguing uh, statistical profile. And then we did talk about Tyon, but it's hard to buy low on a $2 favorite if you're Jamison Tyon. That's an interesting matchup tonight in yeah. L.A., Dodgers and Angels open a series, and uh, Griffin Canning gets a start for the Angels. We're gonna have to break that one down. Got to go to uh, got to go to the freeway series a couple years ago. It was absolutely fantastic. All right, yep, we have plenty of baseball left. We have the NBA, and remember, Andy McNeil joins us top of the next hour to get to the bottom of the NHL and what's going on as we end the season.
Tolton, Matt Eumann filling in for Mitch and Paul with exclusive bets, daily specials, odds boosts, and the largest offer of live in-play options. BetRiver Sportsbook is the industry leader when it comes to online sports betting. And to make your experience even more rewarding, BetRivers offers the most live streams of major sports, instant payouts, and only a one-time playthrough. BetRivers, your hometown sportsbook, offer valid in Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, Virginia, Michigan, and Pennsylvania, available at PlaySugarHouse.com and New Jersey. Got to be 21 gambling problem. Illinois, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, 1-800 gambler. Indiana, 1-800-9 with it. Colorado, 1-800-522-4700. Michigan, 1-800-270-7117. Virginia, 1-888-532-3500. Iowa, call 1-800. That's all. All right, let's roll with the uh, Major League Baseball vibe here. We got a lot of stuff going on. It's a deep card. It's a Friday. Are you still? Do you still roll with your um, your view of Major League Baseball on Fridays, Matt Humans? Yeah, for those who don't know, which is pretty much everybody. <clears throat> I think you're a very famous guy. I think a lot of people will know. No, I don't talk about. Uh, I haven't talked much about this, but uh, on baseball, I don't have much uh, success betting baseball on Fridays. I have a lot more success betting baseball on Saturday and Sunday, mm. and that's been the trend for the past few years. For some reason, on the series openers on Friday, I just don't do as well, and uh, I end up trying to chase on Saturdays and trying to get ahead on Sundays. So I just said, you know what? This year I'm going to be disciplined. I'm not going to bet baseball on Fridays, and I'm going to jump in on the second game of these series on Saturdays. And um, I'm probably going to stick with that tonight because nothing's jumping out to me on the card. I did look at the Giants at an underdog price uh, tonight. Uh, That was one game that tempted me a little bit. And also... um, I think the Nationals are somewhat tempting against uh, the Yankees at that price. You're talking about 170 or so. And how about the Angels and Griffin Canning at plus 140? Uh, those are three dogs I did look at on tonight's card. I, who knows? I might jump in and bet a couple of those tonight. But what do you think about Griffin Canning at that price tonight against the Dodgers and Julio Urias? So I think this is really interesting because uh, Canning is one of our buy low, sell high guys. He's a buy low guy. Uh, ERA for Griffin Canning up to this point right now, Matt Eumann's a 620, XFIP right now 341. And one of the things where you look at some of the numbers for him at this point right now is he's getting pretty unlucky when it comes to these home runs, right? You you know, the strikeout numbers are really solid. Every nine innings, 11 and a half strikeouts. You see the K rate right there at 29.5%. And the walks, you know, kind of an issue too. You got to cut down on the walks. About three walks every nine innings, not terrible, but also not, you know, above average. Mm-hmm. But when you get to some of the numbers, you realize that he's giving up over two and a half home runs every nine innings. His home run to fly ball ratio right now is 28.6%. So 28.6% of his fly balls are turned into home runs. It's pretty unlucky. Like, this is a guy that's just getting unlucky when it comes to the balls flying out of the park, it seems, when you look at some of these numbers. Giving up fly balls to go 400 feet, that's not unlucky. Right. Well, at that high of a rate, though, like, that's an insanely Mm -hmm. high rate that you'd expect to regress at some point, especially when you look at his ability to get guys to swing and miss, right? Like the hard contact numbers aren't insanely high either. So it's just something where I, I find this pretty interesting where 
Like with him, you're just expecting some regression to the mean, I feel like, when you're reading into some of these numbers. I think he's going to get better. Yeah, and there's <laughs> you and I have talked about it before. When you watch him pitch, there's stuff to like about him um, a lot in terms of his arsenal. I think he's like a top-end three, back-end two type of guy. Yeah. But when you're seeing numbers this extreme when it comes to the home runs, I think you're expecting some regression and that is built into that ERA and XFIP differential. It's just at what point does that does that start to come? And the Angels ballpark has become a little bit more of a hitters-friendly park. Remember right field, they lowered that um, that right field wall, so that has not helped in terms of the ability to keep home runs uh, mm-hmm. from flying out of the park. But regardless, Canning is a pretty interesting prospect. I don't know if it is today against the Dodgers. Again, Dodgers up to a dollar fifty-seven favorite. But Canning's definitely on the list for some positive regression, I think, coming his way sometime soon. Well, I don't think Canning's numbers are terrible. He's got, like you said, 20 innings pitched, 26 strikeouts. The seven walks, not bad. It's you know, The one thing that jumps out is the, the, the six home runs mm-hmm. at this point. But I've watched all, most of Canning's starts. And almost all of his starts going back through last season and when he came up with the Angels, I think he's got a, a ton of potential. He's been a little bit unlucky. Um, but uh, at some point... You know, pitchers do get better, and uh, I think he's going to develop into a much better starting pitcher than he's been to this point. He's got the tools. And his, like, his velocity's up this year, and it's, you know, short sample sizes generally beginning of the year. Velocity's pretty high, but like his, his fastball is like a, a mile an hour faster this year. Yeah. His slider's up nearly a mile an hour. Like, his velocity has always been pretty good for yep. the most part, right? Yep. So uh, that's another thing I'm looking at is uh, Canning, who, who's a pitcher I think is a little bit better than his numbers indicate at mm-hmm. this point. You got plus 140 right now at Circa against a Dodgers team that's uh, finding ways to lose games. Right. Uh, so that's the type of thing I look for in baseball. <laughs> you know, is uh, the Dodgers actually coming back to the West Coast after a disastrous uh, road trip through Milwaukee and Chicago, all of a sudden laying a price of about 160? Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I wouldn't lay it. I would only consider taking it here with the Angels. Yep. Now, I, I want to go to the Boston and uh, or the Baltimore game because I think this is really interesting. I thought out of all the guys that I had on the list today, Eduardo Rodriguez really stuck out because Eduardo mm-hmm. Rodriguez, when you look at some of his numbers, there's a lot to like, I think, about what he's put forward. And he's also an interesting case study because he's not like a like rock-solid buy-low type of prospect. right? One, you know, the Red Sox right now about about $1.55 favorite on the road. Um, and the differential is not that big, right? 1.38 in terms of the difference, 418 on the ERA, but a 279 on the XFIP. Like, there's some really solid numbers mm-hmm. across the board for Eduardo Rodriguez. And, like, you look at it too, right? Like, for example, walk rate, he's not walking anybody. He's walking less than 3% of the batters that he's faced up to this point. Uh, his strikeout to walk ratio, 10.3, really good. He's keeping the ball down in terms of the ground balls, the to fly ball ratio. <laughs> Excuse me. But the problem is. Look at the home run numbers. Again, a guy who's kind of getting unlucky that when you give up a fly ball, like 20% of that time, it's going out of the park. For a guy that's inducing the, you know, as many ground balls as he is, again, not an insane clip, but he's still more of a ground ball pitcher, that just seems like some bad luck, and it's inflated some of the numbers that he's put forward when everything else you like about him, and I know like the, the metrics you like, strikeouts are really solid, his whip at 1.04, batting average against 240. Like, There's a lot to like about Eduardo Rodriguez from a statistical standpoint. And so I think that's why you're seeing this number now. It's like $1.67. Well, He's definitely worth backing in. It's also Matt Harvey and the yeah, Orioles. I was going to say, but, that has a lot to do with the two. Is Who's on the other side? Matt mm-hmm. Harvey. Uh, nobody wants to bet on Matt Harvey, even though the uh, past couple starts haven't been the worst. Uh, I think Erod is... Uh, it's a good pitcher, man. ...has been surprisingly, uh, su- surprisingly dominant, I'll, I'll even say, early in the season. And the Red Sox have surprised a lot of people by how well they played, and Erod's kind of a reflection of that, how well he's pitched 
for Boston. I, I don't disagree with the price here, about minus 160, but I also think a lot of that is the fact that Matt Harvey is on the opposite side. Yeah, and Erod's coming off of a, a poor performance against Texas, but mm-hmm. I think it, he is one of those guys that from a, an, ERA, an ERA standpoint, you would look at him and go, like, yeah, he's kind of below average guy, when in reality he's put up some really good numbers that mm-hmm. I think you'd like uh, quite a bit. So he's on the list. Canning's on the list. Uh, we talked about Trevor Cahill for a little bit, right? Pittsburgh, the big differential there, inducing a lot of ground balls, but maybe a victim of his defense. And then Jamison Tyon, which it's hard to buy low on a guy who's two dollars. But and I know that would you said you say you were looking at Washington in that spot against the yeah, Yankees? Yeah. yeah. So I think it, you have to take a look at Patrick Corbin, yeah. even though uh, there might be some reasons you don't want to bet him. Uh, I just think Jamison Tyon might be a little bit overpriced here as a two dollar favorite. Yeah. Well, and that's that I mean, obviously it's the Yankees. A lot of it is recency mm-hmm. as well, given the streak that they are on. And I do wonder if there is some, you know, positive regression coming for Corbin. There's not a lot in terms of, you know, I looked at all the pitchers. The walks have been a pretty big issue for him, and they have in the past, but not to this extent. And he's not striking out guys anywhere near as much the last two seasons now. I mean, this season and last year's. Well, he had a severe arm injury. Yeah, of course. Yeah. But, like, we're yeah. talking about, like, 8.2 strikeouts every nine innings, 6.94 this year, walk rate up. So that's kind of worrisome where you have that kind of an issue, right? And now your numbers are starting to decline in terms of getting guys to swing and miss and your command. Yeah, there's no doubt. The the thing about Corbin, he's not striking out guys like he used to. Like you said, 18 and 23 innings, and the Yankees have been striking out quite a bit, and that's been one of their issues. But I have a hard time backing a pitcher who's got 14 walks and 23 innings. Mm-hmm. You just, you're asking for trouble if you're going to walk that many guys, and that's probably why I'm not going to bet the Nationals. Is I just, uh, I'm... Patrick Corbin has not showed me enough to this point to back him um, with a bet. Any other matchups stick out to you? Because I think you know there's a couple that are pretty interesting, like the Mets. Well, here's what I want to talk. One game I want to talk about a little bit more is uh, the Padres and the Giants. And get your read on Blake Snell. We don't have a lot of innings. It's it's a short sample again for what he's done while he's been with the Padres. But took him a while to pick up his first win. I think he's been pretty good. He can obviously be a lot better. Uh, Snell on the road tonight, a favorite against the Giants, as high as 150 at some spots. And uh, that's why I'm, I'm interested in that price on the Giants at about plus 130 uh, to 135 tonight uh, with the Padres, who have, and I said this before, they played better on the road than they have at home mm-hmm. uh, early in the season here. I mean, look, my problem with Snell is actually, I think everybody's problem with Snell, right? The command. Is just not there at times. Like this year, his walk rate too. It's it's actually pretty high. And again, mm-hmm. you, you talk about short sample size, but a twelve point eight percent on the walk rate at this point. A well over five guys every nine innings. But that's kind of Blake Snell. Like that's what we know about him. And the cool thing about Snell is, and he has always done this throughout his career, his walks up a little bit this year, but he evens it out with being a dominant strikeout pitcher. Mm-hmm. He's able to get you to swing and miss, and he's able to punch you out. Well, he throws a lot of pitches too, and right. he, he won't go deep into games. But the Padres have a pretty good bullpen too. Too. So yeah, I mean, look, you know me. I have been very strong on this. If I'm betting anything, it would be first five. But I think Snell too. There, there's nothing really in the numbers, at least when I look at them, that tells you that there is something bad coming for Snell. He's the exact same type of guy. His strikeouts are up. His walks are up. But, again, we've talked about this, right? If you're a guy who has poor command, if you balance that out with the ability to swing and miss, you can kind of control what happens on the base paths, and Snell's that guy. Giants are 10-3 and three at home. A big reason they are yeah. in first place in the National League West, a half game ahead of the Padres. Yep. Yeah, I was actually, uh, out of all the whole entire card, because actually there's a, really, there's a lot of good series getting started this weekend, too. You know, White Sox-Royals is obviously going to be pretty massive here between these two clubs. Brad Keller taking on Carlos Rodon right now. White Sox about a buck fifty-three favorite on the road against Kansas City. It's kind of surprising, given how good, right, 
the Chicago White Sox have been. Brad Keller has not been very good, but right. you have a lot of series this weekend that are like carrying a lot of weight early on. I know it's only May, but these are some pretty important series that are getting started. Oh, there's no question. There's some good series. Uh, so I guess to sum it up, the, uh, the the two dogs I probably like the most on the card be the Giants about plus 130 and the Angels at plus 140. All right, well, let's Tough get... to trust that Angels bullpen, though, uh, as we saw last night. Yeah, no shot. All right, let's get to the National Hockey League at the top of the next hour. Andy McNeil, our NHL analyst here at Beeson, is going to join us. Uh, we are getting close to the end of the season. What are we looking at big picture, and what are we looking at tonight? Andy will tell us.